HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by TD Bank, a proud supporter of local businesses like Pop and Pour, Dykeman's coolest wine bar. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. This episode was produced in partnership with our friends at TD Bank. I'm Dylan Hoyer, a communications associate and audio producer for Heritage Radio Network. Today we're asking, is it time to reinvent restaurants? We look at a business that did more than pivot during the pandemic. In trying to preserve a feeling of community, Libby Willis transformed what her restaurant's operations could look like. You know, those last few weeks of Mimi's when people were waiting in line for hours to eat patty melts, it was clear to me that it wasn't just the patty melts that they were waiting in line for. It was the atmosphere and the sense of community. Libby was the co-owner of Mimi's Diner in Brooklyn's Prospect Heights from 2017 until November 2020. It was beloved for its good food, as well as the space it carved out for New York's queer community. I wanted to create a space where people could own small food businesses that didn't need to, you know, take on the burden of getting a commercial lease in New York City, getting a liquor license, figuring out all the insurance, you know, all of the like the fixed costs that are the true burden of owning a small food business in New York City. What was really clear to me when we closed was that outpouring of love um, and community that we had surrounding us. And it felt like something that I wasn't willing to to lose. But at the same time, Libby felt that she couldn't move forward with another traditional restaurant. It felt so obvious to me that, you know, the hospitality industry was fractured and fragile. I wanted to do something that felt like a response to not just the pandemic, but also sort of this reckoning that we have been going through for the last, you know, since restaurants have been open, but in the public for the last few years. Um, And to answer the questions of why is restaurant work 
so hard? Why is it so fragile? Why is our industry, you know, on the brink of collapse, not just during a pandemic, but, you know, why are restaurants built to fail? Um, and why is it so hard for people to um, to survive in them with with working conditions that are sustainable? Even during the exceedingly difficult period the hospitality industry was facing in 2020, Libby found inspiration from fellow chefs and makers. During the pandemic, there was a surge of pop-ups and all of these people doing really cool work for themselves. She knew they needed support. I had friends that were cooking out of their houses and, you know, getting written about in food publications. And, you know, it wasn't sustainable for them to be cooking out of their houses. She needed them, too. I knew I had all of these resources that were not only my full investment into the restaurant, but were resources that I could share um, in order to not lose them. And so I started to invite people into the space to do pop-ups. And then as we were sharing space, it felt natural that we could figure out a way to, to share space permanently. Kit opened in June 2021. It functions every day as a coffee shop and wine bar um, and a home for other small food businesses and support them in whatever their style of service that they hope to have. So um, Black Cat Wines is a wine bar. And um, they sort of hold down the front of house experience. So when a customer comes in, they're greeted at the counter. It has turned into a pastry case and an espresso bar during the day. And in the evening, it's a wine bar um, with French fries and natural wine. We have the patio outside. Then um, on the weekends, we do a more formal brunch. um, And... During the weekdays, we have grab-and-go food, sweet and savory. The dining experience feels cohesive to guests, even though Kit's offerings are curated by different businesses. In addition to Black Cat Wines, Dacha 46 sells Eastern European pastries and runs the weekend brunches. Solid Wiggles sells these beautiful jelly cakes, And Libby offers her own pastries as well. And then the space also functions as a pop-up venue. So we have a calendar of events and we post on Instagram, letting you know that people are popping up for a day, for a week, for a weekend. So, you know, the name KIT is an acronym for keep in touch. And that is really the point of the space to you know, stay up to date, to keep coming back to see what's new and different. After a short break, we'll look more closely at how this model functions and get Libby's perspective on where the future of hospitality is heading. This episode is brought to you by TD Bank, a proud supporter of local businesses like Pop and Pour. Pop and Pour is Dykeman's coolest wine bar. Located on Dykeman Street in Manhattan's Washington Heights, Pop and Pour is an industrial chic eatery with an eclectic new American menu featuring small Latin-inspired bites. 
tastefully paired with Inwood's most diverse selection of wine, cocktails, and craft beer. Learn more at poppoornyc.com. Welcome back to The Big Food Question. Here's Libby Willis again. Initially, the first cohort that's in the kit space, um, I asked the people I had surrounding me who I knew were willing to try something new and to take a risk. To mitigate the costs and responsibilities of ownership, the operators that comprise kit have chosen to share them. We share rent, we share all those fixed costs like garbage pickup, electricity, gas, internet, phone, insurance. They get the use of a retail space. We share, you know, the burden of of front of house staff. Coming together ultimately makes it more manageable to achieve the individual goals these owners have set for their businesses. And Libby believes the model generates positive potential for the hospitality industry at large. This is a way for us to get closer to collectivizing restaurants, to closing the gap between the owning class and the working class inside restaurants. It's, you know, everyone is owner-operated inside the space, so it feels like a bunch of people working on their own projects, but working on a project together at the same time, trying to build a strong and healthy space for not only themselves, but for the restaurant community in general. Only time will tell exactly what the future of KIT and the businesses that comprise it will look like. I imagine that people will grow into and grow out of KIT. So you know, we're willing to incubate businesses that have a very small footprint that will be able to get larger and maybe, you know, grow out of their space. How long the cohort, each individual person or business is here is depending on them. Um, you know, I think down the line, maybe we'll have a partner who wants to activate the space in the evening for more traditional service. And there'll be, it'll be a wine bar and, uh, and a restaurant at the same time. Um, you know, on the weekends, maybe there'll be a permanent pastry fixture that's not just, you know, the kit house brand. I think that, you know, the sky's the limit. But Libby has clear goals for the space, regardless of the direction that the food and service take. In choosing future partners, she wants Kit to play a role in combating hegemony within the industry. We center um, queer people and people of color in our our decisions, you know, because this does come with a lot of, you know, this comes from a place where I have a lot of privilege in order to have um, this restaurant space that I can share. And the restaurant industry in New York City has been full of, you know, cis, white, owning classes for so long that I really want to try to open the kitchen up to, to everyone. I'm really excited about the direction that 
you know, our industry, especially our queer food industry is going. We are vocal that food is community, that food is justice, that food is comfort, and that all people deserve it. Kit has found a unique means to an end, insofar as its operations break the mold. But the end that Libby and her first cohort at Kit are striving for is one that many are hoping to achieve. What is clear is that the people who make restaurants run are demanding more ownership. Um, And whether that be starting pop-ups during the pandemic and trying to keep the pop-ups alive by finding permanent locations or, you know, working at a space like Kit, um, I think we can expect and hope to see more of it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at heritageradionetwork.org. Special thanks for this episode to Libby Willis. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosman-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Hannah Forden, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, and Luke Griffin. This episode's producer was me, Dylan Hoyer. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.